Hello, Nerd Night. Welcome back to another episode. As always, we're here with me, Jada, the best in the world, and then Cole, who is here. Hi, Cole. I'm waiting for my you have to say say hi, Cole. Oh. I, say hi, Cole. <laughs> hi. Also, why did you get best in the world and I got and Cole? Because I am. And you are. So what are, I'm confused. What was the question? Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever, girl. Anyway, anyway, uh, we are excited about this. If you guys heard from our previous episode, we did announce that this is going to be our, the first series on the podcast, and it is Naruto. We're super excited. We worked our butts off, and by we, I mean Cole. <laughs> And literally, he trained for this moment. This is the greatest day of his life. This and is my I'm, ninja way. This is his ninja way. And I am here <laughs> with popcorn and with funny remarks. So yes. uh, before we get into it, Cole, Naruto is one of the big three. Mm-hmm. It is an iconic anime in our community. And some people grew up with this. Are you like, what is Naruto to you? So this is a great segue. I appreciate this segue from deep within my heart, Jada. I'm so glad. <laughs> I did want, like, I guess both of us to have a little bit before we just get into, like, how good the anime is. Because, mm-hmm. like, spoiler alert, it's great. It's great. Um, talk about, like, I guess our relationships with it. Why it's something that people hear us reference all the time. Why we wanted to make it such a big thing and all of that. Yeah. So, like... For me, Naruto came out in like 1999. Mm-hmm. I was born in 1998. So while I had like some catching up to do by the time I was watching it, it was something that was kind of the first thing like I was tuning into. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I think, you know, you just turn on Crunchyroll and I can watch the newest episode of Rising of Shield Hero. Right, yeah. But this was the first thing where I'm like, oh no, I have to be home at this time. I have to be here to watch this episode of Naruto. Mm -hmm. So it just, it holds a very special place in my heart because of that. And, you know, like I grew up with these characters. I know that's Mm -hmm. like a cheesy thing to say, (laughs) but like when Naruto was like 12, which he was around like 12 or 13 in the original Naruto, you know, I was just a little younger than him. And I mm-hmm. was just like, oh my God, like I see myself in this kid. And it was one of the like first things and exposures I had to anime. And so I think we like all hold that really close to us. So like Naruto is just like a little like soft spot in my heart that mm-hmm. like I'll always have and I will like defend Naruto so much. I'm like if anyone talks crap about her, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. Even if I'm joking, this guy's on me and I know not to touch that soft place. But what is Naruto like for you? Um, well, kind of the same, you know, we had uh, those times where Naruto was on and I would watch it, but uh, of course I'm, I'm younger than Cole, so 
by the time I really started getting it into in. it, yeah, youthful me, <laughs> um, I had started watching it with my siblings, actually. So after I got my younger sister into anime, um, she kind of picked up Naruto and we all watched it together. But um, it was also my younger brother and my older brother, too. So this was something that I had you know my siblings to watch with and we all came together and watch it and even now as we're older it's like we will always reference it you know we'll re-watch our favorite battles we'll have moments where we're like binge watch a season together so it was like it was nice sibling time that I had with them um and it was kind of the first time I really shared anime with someone else Mm -hmm. um and they were the first people before I was comfortable with like watching it with friends or even talking about it with friends um so that was that was my thing just a nice sibling bonding time that we all can do and now that you know we're all into anime we kind of strayed away from us watching the same kinds of anime or you know my sister barely watches it she just reads manga at this point but um yeah you've all developed like individual tastes and preferences yeah but it kind of it started with naruto all of us and Mm -hmm. we all love it uh so it's it's definitely like cole it's definitely a soft spot especially because this is like the beginnings of the anime wormhole that we all jumped into head first so yeah and like I by no means am saying that, like, Naruto's the first of its kind. Like, you know, there's been ninja animes before Naruto. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anime's been around for a super long time. But as far as mainstream anime in America, this was one of, you know, the first ones, like, on the roster of Toonami and Mm -hmm. on the pages of Shonen Jump which is where I was kind of first exposed to it because if you've watched our our first series um I was exposed to anime through my older brother who he would get the shonen jumps all the time Mm -hmm. and so he was always reading Rosario plus Vampire and Naruto and One Piece and all of these things that were in those and then you know via the transitive property and move to me. <laughs> yeah, and, that's yeah, what happens. And me being a dyslexic person, I was like, I'm not so good at reading these. And now I'm a lot better. But at the time I was like deep in my like, I don't even know why I can't read. I just know I can't. Right. And so then I was like, oh, I can watch it. And so then I moved to watching it and he would read it. And we always had a fun dynamic of like, obviously the manga is typically something that is ahead of the anime. Mm-hmm. It takes longer to animate than it does to draw it. And it was dubbed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like I'd be watching something and I'd go to my brother and I'd be like, oh, my God, did you see that uh, Haku and Zabuza got killed? Da, 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 da. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> and my brother would be like, cool, that happened like four episodes ago. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, hey, hey, so we don't get to share this moment. Cool. But yeah, but yeah I'm super excited. Yeah, this is going to be a nice 
big chunky series that we're gonna get into. <laughs> chunky. Chunky series. Um, so Cole is gonna be uh driving this Naruto plane. It's just like real life. Literally. <laughs> um, and I'ma be in the passenger seat chilling. With the aux cord. Yeah, like eating popcorn. I'ma make comments here and there. Um Cole's memory of Naruto is absolutely insane. And I got <laughs> I got bits and pieces. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I got bits and pieces. Okay, I got my favorite fights. I got my favorite moments. I got mm-hmm. things that made me cry and things that made me laugh. But this man, this he's a walking vocabulary book. And I'm just like, cool. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely, like, of course, like, I want to share this moment with Jada. And I want to let her have her moments that are her moments and so we've kind of like pre-discussed some things and I'm like okay this is a moment I want Jada to really pop off at and like give her perspective on because we also may have some differing perspectives which is gonna make it fun we always have different perspectives yeah <laughs> yeah see but... that's the fun part get a friend that has a different perspective than you because how else are you gonna fight with them exactly and so this first episode is going to be all of the original naruto so for those of you who don't know naruto is split into naruto and naruto shippuden so yeah. shippuden is what I be- what is most prevalent. That's where a lot of the meat and potatoes of all of it is. But Naruto sets up a lot of characters, a lot mm-hmm. of conflict going mm-hmm. into Shippuden. So, and it's shorter, so we're gonna talk about yeah. that one in one whole episode. It's gonna be a long one, buckle up. And then the next three episodes, we will be going into all of the major conflicts that happen in Naruto Shippuden. So, jumping into it, let's go. So, Naruto was created by Masashi uh, Kishimoto. It debuted in 1999 in the pages of Shonen Jump. This is, of course, where I was first kind of introduced to it through the Shonen Jump magazines. Uh, the most popular shonen magazine at the time in Japan was Shonen Jump. So being in Shonen Jump was a big thing. It showed all shonen style animes. It had Bleach, it had Naruto, it had One Piece, all of these huge animes in it. Naruto quickly became a reader favorite. And today, the adventures of Naruto Uzumaki and the ninjas of the Konoha village are enjoyed by readers worldwide. That little excerpt is a source that will be linked down below. So Naruto was an instant fan favorite, as we can tell. Uh, This led to it having movie spinoffs. It led to the series amassing up to 220 episodes alongside all those movies and then of course the whole manga it has merch it has shirts it has gibbets for crocs like how many things have gibbets for crocs people come on Um, the series follows naruto uzumaki through his growth and journey as a ninja in the hidden leaf village the hidden leaf village is also called konoha Konoha is Hidden Leaf, Hidden Leaf is Konoha. 
So if you hear us refer to it one way or the other, they are referring to the same place where Naruto is from. He really grew up as a shunned orphan child, and the series follows him blossoming into a ninja, earning the respect of his peers. He ends up changing the hearts of so many people he comes in contact with, and he really shows that he leads with friendship and love first. So as cheesy as it is, Naruto is very known for being charismatic and loving. He's always talking about friendship. He's very driven. And throughout Naruto and Shippuden, you really get to see his arc of like changing people's hearts. It kind of, It's like Persona 5. Like he like literally goes into their palace and changes their heart. And it's really cool. So before we get into main story, we're going to lay out some characters for you. So Jada, we're going to kind of go back and forth with the characters here, giving our little excerpts on them, okay? Yeah, definitely. So we, of course, have Naruto Uzumaki. He is the namesake of the anime people. Mm -hmm. He's the main character, main protagonist. Uh, he has something called the Nine-Tailed Fox sealed within him. The Nine-Tailed Fox is a one of the tailed beasts. So there is one through nine of these tailed beasts indicated by the number of tails they have. And they're just very powerful creatures in the ninja world. All of pre-Shippuden, Naruto is seen as not a very capable ninja. He's seen as kind of stupid and a loud mouth and like a jokester kind of guy. And he always has a good heart and dreams of becoming the Hokage, which is the leader of the Hidden Leaf Village. Mm -hmm. But when you see him and then you see his peers who kind of have a head start on him, you're just like, this kid ain't gonna be shit. <laughs> like, honestly. And, like, if we're being honest, he is annoying, like, in the beginning. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So, who is next, Jada? Uh, next is Sasuke Uchiha. Um, lots of things about this boy. If you haven't really watched Naruto <laughs> or heard about it, you at least know that name. He is um, what is known as the hunk of the series, but <laughs> debatable, really debatable, honestly. But during this time, he's around the same age as Naruto um, and another protagonist. So he is, he kind of has an anti-hero story, really. He mm -hmm. starts out really moody, super edgy, like he is knee <laughs> deep in his goth phase at this yeah. point. Um, and he comes from a very powerful big clan called the uh, Uchiha clan. And he's actually, during this time, the last Uchiha. Um, and we'll get to why he's the last one. But yeah, he got some reasons to be edgy about it. But like great animes, uh, your hero always got to have an anti-hero or an opposite. And that is Sasuke to Naruto, mm -hmm. where Naruto is clumsy not the best ninja you know really loud and boisterous Sasuke is quiet to himself and actually a very skilled ninja at such a young age 
Um, and they are constantly bickering, constantly fighting to be better than each other. At some point, Sasuke is like, look, I know I'm better than you and I don't care. And Naruto's like, really come say that to my face. And that's how fights happen. You know, like, <laughs> like it's always like that. So definitely during these early times, they were just constantly bickering, bickering with each other and definitely um, trying to show each other who's the boss. Um, do we yeah. end up seeing who it is? Nah. <laughs> you'll have it's, to wait and find you'll have out. To wait and see. And, <laughs> who puts who else in their place but for right now yeah we got a little emo boy Sasuke here and then one of our final like big protagonists is that of Sakura Haruno uh, we're just gonna be referring to her as Sakura you don't really hear her referred to with her last name ever uh, she is pretty much the main girl of the series so mm-hmm. She is the third in the group that is Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura. And she's a very driven female ninja. Sakura doesn't really come from a prestigious family like Sasuke and Naruto do. So she's just trying to get her way up the the food chain and just become a good ninja. And she also is in love with Sasuke. She is full like, oh my god, this like edgy emo boy. And <laughs> Team Sasuke all the way. And he like really just like throws her dust the whole time. Like he is not interested in her, but she is just swooning for him. I think it's the hair. Probably. Uh, Sakura is most notable because she has a bright pink hair. So if you've seen a girl with bright pink hair, that's Sakura. She's cute. She got moments. We'll get to her. She's cute. (laughs) Yeah, she is like anger issues kind of. In the early anime, she always has these scenes of her saying something and trying to be like cute and coy. And then she has this internal dialogue that is her being like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. But she (laughs) doesn't like have the tools to make that a reality yet. So she has, like, this, like, dynamic going on of her being like, God, I want to beat the shit out of Naruto, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult. She gets better, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three of them are in a team. So in the Leaf Village, uh, there, while you're training to become a ninja of your own, you do get separated into teams of three. And you're led by uh, one already trained and skilled ninja. And for these three, it's Kakashi. Um, we all have to know Kakashi, right? We, we all should. know Kakashi. Like, we all know Kakashi, right? Like, He's the man who's always covering his mouth. He got like a book always. And if you don't know that he's basically just reading porn. Like that Jiraiya writes. Like literally just biggest fan. And that's all he reads. And he's training kids. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so Kakashi is the leader of the team. He is their teacher. He trains them. He goes through missions with them everything until they're able to fight and be by themselves when going on missions. Um, He is known as a copycat ninja. And he is just like, I've said this before in the last 
episode, but like if you aren't trained by a pervy teacher, you will not reach God status. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like if you're not trained by an old pervy teacher, mm-hmm. there's no way that you can go around defeating villains. And and Naruto gets two. And Naruto two gets pervy two. teachers. Now do you know the God status of this? Like come on but i stand by that and we love kakashi <laughs> we do K- kakashi is like my crush he is uh they refer to him they being naruto sasuke and sakura he is kakashi sensei so he is their sensei he is the leader of the team the team is called team kakashi and the to be like what Kakashi is, a leader, you have to be a Jonin, which is like an upper ranked ninja. Mm-hmm. So there is a kind of tier system that the ninja have to go through. So right now, all of these young kids are considered Genin, which are they're entering, you know, ninja school, they're trying to grow. And then later on, we'll see the tuning exams happen where you can get ranked up to a tuning. And then after you do a ton of missions as a Chunin, you can eventually become a Jonin. Mm-hmm. So the next character, so those are the four people in one team. Yep. The next team is going to be Team Guy. Love so guy. Team Guy consists of, again, one Sensei and three uh, Genin. First Genin is Rock Lee. So he is guy sensei's protege we'll get into guy sensei later but he talks like him he looks like him but he's not his dad he does the same fighting style as him which is taijutsu which taijutsu basically just means fighting without chakra really Mm -hmm. so it's more hand-to-hand combat style Mm -hmm. so he is like a carbon copy of Guy Sensei, but younger, and is just trying to learn from him. Literally copy and paste. Like, mm-hmm. same thing. And they got wicked eyebrows. He's referred to as Bushy Brow throughout L- the series. Literally the wicked eyebrow. <laughs> They're rectangles. <laughs> On his face. Um. So after that is Tenten, another member of team guy uh she's a summoner of weapons so not really important honestly but yeah ten ten's cute she's part of the team we're gonna notice too that some people shine a bit more than others in their team and that's all because of how much uh really interaction you get with our main characters mm-hmm. ten ten doesn't really get any but she is part of the team too yeah she um her thing is is she has this big scroll that she can use to summon all kinds of different weapons and things used by ninja so she can summon like huge just barrages of weapons at people and then she can also just summon weapons for herself to use uh next person part of team guy and the last one is neji huga so he uses what is called the Byakugan. So the Byakugan is an ocular jutsu. What this means is it's a jutsu of the eye, and it is also a kekai genkai. 
So when talking about Kekai Genkai, those are specific techniques, attributes, or abilities that are passed down more so through a bloodline than they are learned. So you couldn't just get a Byakugan eye. Mm -mm. You would need to be born with it. And it's something that is very specific to the Hyuga clan that Neji is from. The Byakugan is, his eyes are basically white and it allows him to see longer distances. He has a longer range of vision as well. So where like we can only see about like 180, he could see like 265 degrees. Mm Uh, as well, he can see the chakra channels in people's bodies. So chakra is like the main energy source. It's basically the life force of this anime. And using chakra is how you use different jutsus or different techniques. So using his Byakugan, he can actually hit people in a way that will block their chakra channels. Think like the circus girl from Avatar. Like, she was able to block, block people's bending by hitting them. That's mm-hmm. what Neji does, too. Yep. He is also, his clan, the Hyuga clan, is very prevalent. And he is the cousin of another character we'll be talking about named Hinata. So we will get into her later. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, of course, last but not least, Gai-sensei. Uh, again, the leader of Team Guy, he only uses Thai, which is what he teaches his protege, Rock Lee. Um, but also, he's a friendly rival of Kakashi. So when mm-hmm. they were younger, you know, they kind of like Sasuke and Naruto, and you'll see this a lot, just the duology of ninjas, when you find that person that you constantly just bash with. Um, sometimes it ends really bad and they actually become enemies. Other times like this, uh, they become allies, but they're just constantly um, at war with each other in a way of like, <laughs> I'm better than you and I'm about to prove it. And then you have the other person being like, sure, yeah, okay. So it's always it's always so fun with them. <laughs> yeah, it's really good for both of their character developments as well because it seems like Kakashi like doesn't care that much. Kakashi's yeah. very just like I'm just here to do my job, man, I'm just and here. Like, do yeah. my thing. <laughs> and Guy is just like, well, Kakashi boy, like let's fight. Kakashi's like, whatever, dude. Like we're just you raise your kids, I'll raise mine. <laughs> Honestly, and it's funny because they're old too, so they're like grown adults, and they're still doing this. And you, right off the bat, you see the chemistry that they have, you know, mm-hmm. because if if this was ill intention if they were truly like enemies this wouldn't be a thing but they are honestly this shows how close they are as friends and how much they both honestly respect each other as ninja so i always thought that was really cool and i loved seeing them bicker they were so funny Mm -hmm. the next team we're going to get into is team asuma so team asuma is again consisting of three Genin and one Jonin. So the first of the Genin on his team is Shikamaru. Or uh, Cole's husband. Yes, Shikamaru. <laughs> obviously not now in not regular now. Naruto when he's 12, but in later Naruto and then the sequel that shall not be named Boruto, 
uh, he grows into a grown up and then he is my husband. <laughs> but Shikamaru uses uh, shadow techniques. So his whole thing is using shadow possession jutsu, which he uses his own shadow to attack people, more so in a way of stretching a shadow and then he can like wrap it around people and then you can't move and he can control your body that way. Yeah, it's really cool. Like he's basically able to like grab a hold of someone's shadow and use it against them. And Mm -hmm. when you think about it, it's pretty dangerous in battle. And when he uses it, it's like, "Ah, look at him go. Yeah. Shikamaru, as far as character traits go, he's very laissez-faire and rather lazy. Uh, He's always very just like, I don't want to do that. Do we have (laughs) to? Ugh, this is such a drag. Like, I'm so bored. He's a vibe. Uh, A lot of this is centered around just him being a good ninja in general, and he doesn't really, he's not really driven by status or anything like that. Mm He feels very comfortable is what it gives me. He's not trying to prove himself. He's not trying to do anything like that. Well, that's also because he had an upbringing where like his father was a Jonin in the village. So he didn't feel like he had to prove anything. Whereas characters like Naruto, Sakura and Sasuke, all three for different reasons had things to prove to people. Right. And when you have like such big characters like that, and then you look at Shikamaru, it's almost like, is he that lazy or is he honestly just comfortable with himself and where he's mm-hmm. at in life? And I think at a young age, he just always knew what he had and what he didn't. And he had no problem with that. And, you know, mm-hmm. as like, if you look at it from like a teacher standpoint, you can always be like, dang, you have so much potential if you just go. But honestly, there's nothing wrong with knowing who you are and where you want to be and just stick into that. And I think he's always been that way. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Shikamaru is really known for, and his father was really known for as well, was being a gifted tactician. So Shikamaru on his team is kind of like the silent leader, other than, of course, um, their sensei. So he kind of comes up with the plans. He's really good at figuring out how to make his jutsu and his teammates jutsus work together and how to manipulate the battlefield in a really good way yeah he always you have moments of watching it and he's just like he knows how to use other people's abilities in order to help the greater battle and it's Mm -hmm. always so cool even like when he's young and he's like naruto do this sasuke if you do this at the right time you can be doing this and like it's not just his team that he can lead if he's on missions with another team too they kind of go towards him to see what's their best bet and even if he's at his own battle he's always looking his mind is constantly going and i always thought that was so cool yes 
Um, so next one is Choji. And just like Tintin, he's not really prevalent, but he is still a cool character that you do see from time to time. Um, so his jitsu is expansion, which is basically he's able to expand parts of his body or even his full body um, and use it as like anything. This guy can become a wrecking ball. He's, mm-hmm. And he's a cute kid. He's a cute, chubby kid. He loves snacks. He's just like the the sweet bean of the group, you know, just lovable and kind and always trying to protect his friends. He's a, he's a cute kid. He's a cute kid. He is. Um, a less cute kid is the next member. <laughs> I mean, like, she's fabulous but so, not cute <laughs> we're talking about Eno so Eno plays the role of being Sakura's rival as you'll notice she's only the second girl that has been brought up so far mm-hmm. this is where kind of their rivalry comes from it's like just being like the two girls who want to be seen as the best and she comes from a clan that is most known for the mind transfer jutsu or the mind transfer technique, which basically allows her to like go into someone's mind, mm-hmm. uh, which is super cool. She's also a character that's not super prevalent. Uh, really, the only one on this team is Shikamaru and their leader who are prevalent, mm-hmm. but she still is a cool character. You meet her dad later on. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, the only thing is just her fighting Sakura for both being a good ninja and for Sasuke's heart. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, everyone is just freaking swooning after Sasuke. Like and I'm literally, like, this little emo boy don't got a family, and he's over here like, I just want to do this and be good, and that's it. And these girls are like, damn that's hot and meanwhile shikamaru's over here so available (laughs) but see no one no one saw it no one knew until he got older which i think i don't think he had like a glow up per se but i think it was a bright up once he got taller yeah i think it was i think it was his height but you know he wasn't emo enough he was just lazy (laughs) yeah so next one is Asuma. He is the leader of the team uh, with Chikamaru, Choji, and Ino. Uh, so he uses chakra blades, which I think is pretty cool. Again, we talked about chakra being like the life source and what you really need to use any kind of jutsu. And he uses them as blades. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, he is also the lover of, how do you say their name? Kurane. I was right. Okay. Um, I think so. I want to preface this to everyone. We should have said this sooner. Spoiler alert for everything. And as well, if we say something wrong, please don't hate us. We're trying our best. I tried to Google everyone's name, but there are some side, like Kurane is really more of a side character. Honestly. doesn't play a prevalent role. So I don't hear her name said a ton. Yeah, um, but I, it's like when you see the word and you say it in your head and you're like, I think that's what it is. And then you say it out loud and you're like, oh, crap, I hope mm-hmm. I say this right. But anyway, uh, Kurene is his lover and he is the son of 
Hiruzen. Hiruzen. And Hiruzen is the third Hokage. And he is also the current Hokage of the Hidden Leaf Village while all of this is going on. Like right now. So um, pretty big deal. Again, Hokages in this village or Kages in general are the leaders of each village that we're going to see as we go through this. So him being the son makes him pretty important. But again, he is uh, the team leader of the three ninjas. Yeah. And Asuma, so his like chakra blades it's really these like kunai that look like brass knuckles that he holds on to mm-hmm. and then he's able to manifest his chakra onto them and they become longer and chakra most of the time is seen as a blue color so he really uses those a ton uh something weird is he's also like one of the only characters we see who just like smokes cigarettes yeah, like, you know, you got that character that's just, like, cool, and they smoke, and they're, like, he has down a beard. to earth. He got a beard. Like, he's not, he doesn't stick out, but he's definitely different from the other leaders that we've seen. hmm Next team we're talking about is actually the team of his lover, Kurene. So her team consists of Hinata, so Hinata, as we talked about with Neji, is also a member of the Hyuga clan. However, she isn't just a member of the Hyuga clan. She is from the most powerful and most prevalent family in the Hyuga clan. And as the firstborn from her parents, who are the leaders of the clan, she is basically the princess of the Hyuga clan. You would think with all of this, like, oh, Like, maybe she's, like, assertive or has a big head about it because she's from such a big family. Um, no. Complete opposite. No, she's a little bee. This girl is, she's very quiet, very shy. When she does talk, she's very just like, hi. Very quiet. She's shy. And one of the things we first really see about her is that she has the biggest soft spot for Naruto. It's so cute. For her, you know, she's from a family that's so big and so prevalent. So she's used to always having family around. And you see later on, her family was kind of tough on her and wanted her to be great. But she always struggled with that. Mm -hmm. She wasn't necessarily like, a huge great ninja yeah but it was something she really wanted to do and she sees naruto who's like an outcast and spoiler alert naruto's parents are dead so he's an orphan and she just loves him and there's so many moments from their childhood where naruto sticks up for her and she tries to stick up for naruto and she sees him as a very inspiring person because despite all his trauma, he's still ostentatious. He's still driven. He still loves people. Mm-hmm. And Hinata is just like, because of her trauma from her family, she can't help but just like fold into herself, basically. Yeah. Sweet bean. Jada love loves Hinata. I love Hinata. I think from when I was younger, I've always had a soft spot for her. Because when I was younger... 
I was Hinata. I was quiet and I never really got to talk to people and express myself. And I've always wanted to, I grew up in church. So I always wanted to be like in something big. You know, I always thought my family was just this so cool. They were able to talk to people and people crowded around them. And I was just so quiet. So when I saw Hinata, I'm just like, oh, same. And I love her so much. She really um, gets a beautiful character arc. If you guys have watched our saddest scenes in anime, uh, she gets brought up in it. We're not going to talk about how until <laughs> the time comes, but she gets a really nice character arc. It's beautiful, honestly. Uh, so next we have Kiba. So he is another character that's your C here and there, but not really in the spotlight um but he is doggo boy he is so cute he has a dog name um akamaru akamaru so his dog is named you see akamaru. how i just pulled the i didn't even look at it i just look pulled it, it out of my brain he is so good i can't <laughs> um but they are they are a package deal if you want him you gotta have the dog I'm sorry, which I, honestly I respect because get you a man who loves his dog, but <laughs> be careful because he might only just love his dog. Yeah, and uh, uh, Kiba's family isn't super prevalent. You do get to see his mom and their whole family is basically their jutsu is in line with being animalistic specifically towards dogs so like Kiba has a heightened sense of smell because he's a dog to, but he's a guy if that makes sense like he has dog tendencies he has traits and, of a dog yeah, and that also like, has a dog he like has longer like fingernails so he like claws people and his jutsus really work around fighting with his dog and then later as this dog grows up because right now akamaru is just like this cute little puppy and he's so cute puppy. but then later on of course like the dog gets bigger and he'll he'll ride on akamaru into battle and they'll both do attacks together and they can camouflage as each other so it becomes like a super cool like duo dynamic um, but kiba is not a super prevalent character throughout the anime no, so don't be surprised if you don't. We're going through the characters now because some of these characters aren't prevalent and just mm -hmm. aren't going to be brought up in normal conversation. So we want all you guys to have like a baseline of like, here's some characters, here's what they're like, and then we'll elaborate further as they're brought up. Right. And it's just like, they're cute. And honestly, some people really love these characters and they get into it because each one of them, even though they're not brought up, they do have their own families, their own powers, their own gimmicks, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, you know, to pay homage to them and, and make sure that they get some spotlight. Yeah. The next character, a part of this team is Shino. Shino is another not super prevalent character, which in my opinion is such a disservice. Honestly, yeah. He's a character that I just love. So he, as a young kid, is always seen wearing like goggles. Um, mm -hmm. And he's very quiet when he does speak. It's in a very soft, monotone voice. 
And not a lot of people know that all of these things are because his family and where he comes from, they live in a very dark place because they use bugs. Yeah. So he, when he attacks, he just constantly has bugs like in his clothes and around him. And then he uses them to attack and he can stick bugs onto people and then track them with the scent and all of these super duper cool things. Um, but he's very quiet natured and all of that and not super prevalent. So that's really it for Shino. Yeah, we love him. He's bug boy, but you I know. love him. <laughs> okay, so again, we mentioned uh, her before, but Kur and I are Kurene. Uh, she's the leader of this group. She is the lover of Asuma, um, and she uses uh, mind jinjutsu. She is a mind jinjutsu. <laughs> so, mind jinjutsu. <laughs> Genjutsu. Gen. Gen. So, Kurene is, of course, the leader. So, she is the Jonin, the senpai, the sensei, all of those things. She is of- senpai. <laughs> of her group and she uses a mind genjutsu uh so she is known for like more of an illusionary style so her eyes are like blood red and her whole thing is like she can do normal combat but she pulls you into this genjutsu and genjutsu is a type of jutsu that has to deal with altering or messing with one of the five major senses. Mm-hmm. We'll see it later on. A lot of characters use genjutsu because it's just super effective. So for her, she'll mess with how you see things and she'll take you into this very like illusionary realm. And of course, she is the lover of Asuma. Moving on to the next person, they were brought up briefly, but this is Hiruzen. So Hiruzen is the third Hokage. He is the current Hokage of the Hidden Leaf Village. So he actually became Hokage because the fourth Hokage died. So he is the third Hokage because the fourth Hokage, who was Minato Uzumaki, yes, Uzumaki, Naruto's father, passed Mm -hmm. away. Uh, Minato was actually the one who sealed the nine-tailed fox into Naruto. Uh, his mother was the Jinjuriki of the nine-tailed fox before. To be a Jinjuriki means that you have the tailed beast sealed inside of you, as we've said before. Right. So that's how he got it. And Haruzen, who previously wasn't Hokage because he tipped his hat and gave it to Minato, is now the Hokage again. Yep. Um, He is known as a very loved Hokage. He's seen as kind of the, like, I'm everyone's grandfather type. Yeah. He's older at this point. He's been very prevalent in a lot of major ninja events, like great wars that have happened. When the nine-tailed fox attacked the leaf village, he was one of the people who fought. And he is a professor of so many jutsus. He is known as being one of those people who he can use all the nature transformations, which means he can use like water, earth, wind, fire, everything. Literally. 
he created jutsus for himself and then taught them to other people and he he's a very powerful man but when we see him he's kind of older so he kind of gets a bad rap but that is who was currently hokage and then later the fifth hokage comes along and jada who is the fifth hokage mommy tsunade yes this, this woman we stand tsunade she is a gifted medical ninja and she is one of the three sanin uh so the sanin in naruto are basically like three legendary ninjas and we're gonna get to the other two but she is one of them and like we said each team comes in threes so she was one of the three and she's a badass and we love her she has crazy strength she's a beautiful leader she's really become kind of like a mom to naruto in a sense Mm -hmm. or at least like the crazy aunt that you know will bash you at the side of your head but also give you a cookie you know like literally mommy to everyone she's a very like tough love kind of woman Mm -hmm. so she became the fifth hokage and she was of course known as one of the great sanin so she is seen as a very powerful Jonin and all of that. Mm-hmm. But she never necessarily wanted to be Hokage. She herself always saw herself as more of a transitional Hokage. Someone who was going to hold this place while someone else later who was going to be who she thought more qualified would take it from her. Right. She is most known for really two physical attributes. And Jada, we got to talk about it. One of the things is her bazoongas, her mommy milkers, her giant breastuses. This Uh, girl is all the curves, all the days of every day. And she's strong and powerful and beautiful. And I wish that she would give me some of them, you know, (laughs) like... Be just generous. a cup. Just one just, more. Just one just cup size. One more cup for the <laughs> the poor flat chested itty bitty queen that I am. But I am unworthy to ask for such a thing. So I just stare yeah. at her in glory. So she has gigantic boobs, and then her other big physical attribute is a diamond on her forehead. We will get into that a lot later, closer to the last episode of the series. But she has this diamond on her forehead that basically stores chakra. That's where we'll leave it at. Uh, She is trained as a medical ninja. So she's a gifted healer. She's really smart in being like kind of a doctor and helping people in that way, curing poisons and all of that. But she also will put her chakra into like her fist or her legs or her feet and do like huge, devastating blows. She has this one move called Heaven Kick of Pain, where she literally just like jumps up into the air and lifts her leg up and just slams it down either onto someone or onto the ground. And at least like a... 10 feet circumference circle of the earth just cracks and crumbles underneath it it is so hot 
Like she, I'm mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, look at this queen. <laughs> hey, respect she, her. You're like everything I wanna be. <laughs> Literally, I wanna be when you when I grow up. I love you so much. So the next of the Sonin is Jiraiya Sensei. Jiraiya! Jiraiya is someone who always deserves to be called Jiraiya Sensei. He is like the sensei to everyone. Like he is a powerful ninja, of course, being one of the Sanin. He was one of the people in the running to be Hokage. And he becomes a mentor to Naruto. So we'll see later on. Naruto does a lot of training under Jiraiya. He is also an author, which is a really interesting part of his character. He writes these books and he also is very pervy. He has kind of a love-hate relationship with Tsundade because they were obviously partners and he always thirsted after her and her big bazoongas and she was just like, no, leave me alone, but like kind of liked it. Uh, He is known as the Toad Sage. This is because he has toad companions who like speak to him and he uses a lot of jutsu centered around them, which we'll talk about later. And again, pervy. Uh, Naruto refers to him as pervy sage because that's just an aspect of his personality that is very prevalent. He also calls Tsunade a granny or like grandma Tsunade Mm -hmm. because he perceives her as being very old despite looking young, Uh, which I mean, compared to him, yes, she is old, but she's not that old. She's like probably in her 30s. I mean, you know, a little boy, honestly, a a young boy looking up at this strong, powerful woman and he's just like, okay, Grandma. grandma. Yeah, like that's just... Naruto has a thing of always nicknaming people. Like mm-hmm. he, he gave Rock Lee bushy brows. He will nickname people close to him, and Pervy Sage is one of them. Um, so last in the three Sonin is Orochimaru. Now, this man, <laughs> you see him on screen, right? And you're like, Am I attracted to this? All the time. Questioning. And- Every 10 seconds, you're like, am I attracted to this? And every 10 seconds after that, he does something that you're just like, uh. Boner killed. Like, I'm done. But then again, you go back and you're like, but dang, am I really attracted to this? So Orochimaru was, again, part of the group with Tsunade and Jiraiya Sensei. Um, He was part of the Leaf Village, but he left. Uh, because he was a scientist but not just any scientist he was an evil scientist (laughs) an evil scientist evil scientist (laughs) and he is snake man this man is literally a snake he is as white as snow he got long black hair and literally snake attributes and again it's like you are haunting to look at but Mm -hmm. also Am I attracted to you? Biggest question. Yeah, Orochimaru is another very prevalent figure as a villain, but more so a like chaotic neutral with villain tendencies. 
Mm-hmm. He really just like wants to do what he wants to do. The issue is that sometimes what he wants to do is literally kill people. Yeah. Or literally like attack a village. It's not even like a little bit of, hey guys, I would rather do this on a mission. It's like, hey, what if we just destroyed this entire village? And everyone's yeah. like, um. <laughs> I think our job is to protect it. <laughs> I think we're supposed to protect villages, right? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that's what gives them the evil right in front of the scientist and he is a super smart and powerful man like being a, one of the sawning is an honor and Honestly. it shows your strength and your capability as a ninja and orochimaru just chose to use that in a different way because added to that being so smart and being a scientist he always is striving for progression he's always wanting to find new ways to do things he's creating new jutsus and he does a really like fun job of blending science with like traditional like ninja things in this world right because most people are just like using chakra and fighting and using their jutsu Whereas Orochimaru will be like, I'm going to take cells from this and put them in a Petri dish with cells from this, mix them together, and then inject them into someone. And now they have this like cool arm or something like that. And he sees science as something that has no boundaries. And so he's known for using a lot of like forbidden jutsu, jutsus that aren't supposed to be used and then creating new forbidden jutsus and just a very like evil but intelligent man. And that's dangerous. Very. And he has snake eyes and he always has these weird... uh, Like, he has snake eyes and this weird thing where you never really see the true him. He's always in a vessel. So, like, he will, like, wear, like, a skin suit. It's weird. Again, guys, it's weird. Like, he does stuff like that. And you're like, well, obviously, no, I would never sleep with this man. And then he would be, like, talking or, like, I don't know, wishing his hair back and forth. And you're just like, but dang, what? Mm-hmm. It's weird. He's weird. He's weird. Someone very close to Orochimaru is our next character, Kabuto. So Kabuto is from actually the Hidden Sound village. So everyone we've talked about before is from the Hidden Leaf. Uh, he's from the Hidden Sound. And he really becomes a rogue ninja. So he leaves the Hidden Sound Village and he becomes a pupil of Orochimaru's and kind of his like assistant. And he's also a very smart man or boy, but you get the sense that he always has an ulterior motive. Like Orochimaru, at least, he's always very clear about what he wants. He's like, I want this. I'm going to do this. Whereas Kabuto will be like, okay, I'll help you with that. But then secretly, he's like, what can I do to make it like benefit me? So he's almost too much like Orochimaru for him to be Orochimaru's pupil. Yeah, he's he's weird too, honestly. Not as weird as Orochimaru, but you know, he's like... I have big brain and Orochimaru gets it. So now we're friends. 
That's basically it. Yeah, and he's someone who he's prevalent in regular Naruto and then kind of takes a dip and then becomes super prevalent again towards the end. So you'll see more of him later. Later. Um, But next one is a person near and dear to my heart. Everyone's heart, truly. Um, This is Gara. Now, remember we mentioned that Naruto has one of the tail beasts locked inside him. Gara is also a Chin Cherokee and has the one-tailed beast. Um, so he, and again, I've said this before, you're going to see a bunch of parallels in this anime, but Gara is like Naruto. He is an outcast and he is actually from the Sand Village. Um, but Gara is like, Gara is what Naruto would have been if Naruto kept all the hatred that he had for the people that outcasted him. Mm-hmm. Like if Naruto didn't have such a bright look on things, if he didn't want to strive to be better and protect people, he would have been just like Gara. And Gara is, he's intelligent and he's powerful. But at this point, in this anime he is riddled with hate and Mm -hmm. wanting to fight and not become stronger for to protect people but become stronger for himself um he has this really cool gourd this giant gourd that's literally his size and remember everyone at this point is is pretty young and Gara's about the same age as Naruto yeah like 12 or 13 it's like sixth grade So he has this giant him-sized gourd that carries sand and he literally, he's from the sand village and he does everything with sand. He can use it as a protective armor. He can use it to trap someone. He can use it to protect himself. Like it is like impenetrable and it's sand. So it's like, you would think sand's all like fun and like loose and you could build a castle with it. This guy builds prisms and then breaks people in it. Yeah, he like his whole thing is sand manipulation. So like his chakra gets infused with the sand and then he is able to use it and move it and groove it and all of that fun all stuff. All of it. But with like the parallels between him and Naruto, Gara's parents are also dead. He is also a Jinjuriki, and he gets shunned by his village, but also weirdly accepted in the way of everyone sees him as a monster. And he really doesn't do himself any favors because of all that hatred he harbors. He really just like accepts his role as a monster and is okay with being used that way because it's all he like knows and can accept right and it's really sad he he again is one of the characters that we see go through a huge arc Mm -hmm. and he grows even after everything you know he continues to grow he continues to lead he's just such a beautiful character honestly and he is probably my favorite i love hinata but like gara as a character honestly he's gone through so much and it really goes to show you know 
how you look at things, how you handle trauma, how you handle what you go through really decides who you are as a person because mm-hmm. Gara is the opposite of Naruto, really. Yeah. Next, uh, the Sand Village works kind of differently. They don't have the same system of like three people in a team with an older person to guide them. They kind of just like do things. <laughs> Like, in the most basic sense. Like, literally, they're like, I'm gonna go maybe take this mission. You guys want to come with me? And then if they vibe, they vibe. They vibe. Yeah. It. So, Gara coincidentally, also is a part of a group of three. So, he, being, like, this outcast, he gets metaphorical brothers and sisters throughout that. Those two people are Tamari and... um conqueror so they refer to him as their brother and they basically are just like a group of three and they really have each other's backs it's very very cute despite none of them being biologically related to each other right so tamari is a user of wind style and fan so her big thing is You'll notice, I guess with the sand village, they just like to have oversized props. A little bit, yeah. They just, you know, if it's not my size, I don't want it. Yeah, so like Tamari uses this giant fan and she uses wind style. So she'll like blow her fan to make wind and she'll like cut through trees and attack people with her wind. And she's someone who's very, she's a very strong-willed character yes she is like the leader she's like this is what i want this is what we're gonna do she is okay fighting with people she is okay standing up for herself and she's she's a she's a bad bitch she really is honestly mad respect for her she got like four ponytails yeah they're like buns yeah and it's like it's cute you know she's she's a blonde she's a power she protects her boys She's a cute character. Honestly, I got mad respect for her. Um, but again, third one is Conqueror. Um, he is a interesting guy. Honestly, he plays with puppets, guys. <laughs> so another skill that you can have as a ninja, which is honestly really cool. And if I was a Naruto, I would be a puppet guy too. Um, but you're basically, you can control puppets by using a string of chakra attached to them and they're able to fight long distance for you. It's not too long of a distance, but it's a good way to fight if you want to, don't, don't want to get like up close and personal with someone. And Conqueror is actually a very skilled, like puppet manipulator. Like he is probably known as the best. He, the skills and the techniques that he has developed using these puppets make it be like, oh, is this guy pulling out some dolls? And he's like, yeah, you better run. And honestly, when you, honestly, you better run because he is good for such a young age and he only gets stronger. That's the crazy part. Yeah. And puppet mastery is a skill that is pretty unique to the sand village. So all the people we see who are puppet masters are people from the hidden sand. And so for him, he uses a couple different puppets and 
what happens is you're able to control them with chakra threads, which is basically you manifest chakra on the tips of your fingers and kind of connect it with the puppets. So there's always these invisible threads and you just move your fingers and make the puppets do things. And one of the biggest things that these puppet masters will do is hand make their puppets. So they'll design them with different tricks and they'll put poison in them. They'll make it where if they open their mouth, they'll shoot fire. Or if you break off their arm, oh, look, now it's a sword. And that's the whole thing. It's just like using these puppets. It's like a wealth of different tricks and things you can put inside of them. Yeah, honestly. And I always thought that was so cool because as he gets older, he starts developing more and you see like, you you always wonder when he's in battle, like, ooh, what's going to happen? Like, what else have you upgraded your puppet with, you know? And how he uses it, it's really cool too. So I always thought that like, that got to be the best skill. I love, <laughs> I want to be able to make a little puppet princess, but make her a badass. I would love that. The next character and the final one we'll be bringing up is Itachi Uchiha. So Itachi is a rogue ninja from the Hidden Leaf, which means he basically renounced himself from the leaf and he now doesn't align with any village. So the Uchiha name sounds familiar. We said Sasuke was the last Uchiha. Well, he is the last alongside his big brother, Itachi. Mm-hmm. So, Itachi is a very powerful ninja. He's older than Sasuke, and he has more experience with his Sharingan. So, Sasuke, as the season progress, he unlocks what is called the Sharingan. It is a Kenkai Genkai, just like the Byakugan. So it is also an ocular Kenkai Genkai. And it is specific to the Uchiha clan and the Uchiha family. And it is basically your eye turns red and it has this like black kind of like swirly looking thing in it. And it gives you similar things with the Byakugan, but then as you use it and you become more familiar, you can unlock different skills with it. And we'll kind of talk about those later because the Sharingan is a very prevalent part of this story throughout all of it. Oh, yeah. The reason Itachi is a rogue ninja is because we find out as the anime progresses that he is actually the one who slaughtered all of the Uchihas. All of them. He was a part of an elite group of ninja called the Anbu. The Anbu were basically like spies in a way. They were like a very underground secret group of ninjas and they were like the tactical military kind of of the leaf and he worked for them and one of the things that ended up happening was he slaughtered all of the uchihas and then left and so sasuke obviously hates his brother and that becomes really a driving force for sasuke throughout this is his hate for itachi And Itachi shows up a couple of times because Sasuke's like, I'm going to fight you and kill you for what you did. 
in Itachi every single time mm-hmm. he meets his brother shows him, bitch, you're not ready for me. Like, I ready. will kill you. Literally. And he's been like, now go back to your little village and get stronger and come back when you're good and ready. And Sasuke's like, I'm good and ready. Itachi's like, no, you're not. Let's try yeah. this again. <laughs> and Itachi really, in the in this part of the anime, is like a very ominous, like, he doesn't say too much, but he says just enough. And he has a very myth- mystical air about him. And all we know is all these bad things about him. So you're like, he's a bad guy. But he always has this little inkling of you're like, why did he choose to do that? Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's an interesting decision. So he also is a very prevalent character that we will get more into later. So we're going to take a quick little break. And when we get back, we'll be talking about two of the major conflicts that happen in Naruto. Okay, everyone. Now we are going to jump into two of the major and biggest conflicts that happen in regular Naruto. So the first one is going to be that of the tuning exams. So at this point, all of the young ninja that we have talked about and their teams have been training. They've gone on some side missions. Um, We see some short-lived characters like Haku and Zabuza um, in their fight with Team Kakashi. And now we're at the tuning exams where you get to basically become a tuning. Mm -hmm. So we're going to super quickly just go through all the different fights that happen. Uh, So during the tuning exams, there is not just leaf village people. So there are people from the leaf, of course, then there are also some of the sand ninja, specifically Gara, Tamari, and Konkuro. And then there are some random ninja that were put there actually by Orochimaru. And they're some of Orochimaru's followers. This all comes into play later. Don't worry, children. Yep. (laughs) So first fight is between Sasuke and Yoroi. Uh, Sasuke wins this fight. It's a pretty uneventful fight. Next is uh, Shino versus Zaku. Uh, Shino ends up winning that battle. Then Konkuro versus Suruji, where Konkuro wins. Then (laughs) this freaking (laughs) fight. So Sakura and Ino, their rivals, were like, oh my god, this is the fight. They're going to decide who wins. At this point, and I don't mean this to sound like I am just shitting on them, but at this point, neither of them are anything special. Honestly. They aren't using jutsus that are like super prevalent. They're not using super strong things. Really, all they're doing is using ninja tools and punching. Yep. And so in this Sakura versus Ino fight, no one 
freaking wins. It is no a draw. One. They it's basically draw. both lose. What the hell? Like, literally <laughs> leading us up, like Sakura and Ino being at each other's throats over one man and also to become the best ninja there is. You would think that this would be a pretty intense battle. It's not. It, they're basically, it's a giant cat fight and they're equal. <laughs> they're, they're equal in each other. It's like, what? It's the dumbest waste of time ever. Unnecessary. And but hilarious. Literally so funny. And everyone in the Naruto community did a resounding palm to the face after no one was announced the victor. And we're like, okay, moving on, please. Yeah. Uh, in the next battle, it is 10-10 from Team Guy and Tamari from The Sand. In this battle, Tamari wins. Uh, she's actually like a perfect counter to 10-10. Honestly, Because 10-10 yeah. wants this distance so that she can like throw a ton of items at you or a ton of weapons. Mm -hmm. And Tamari, literally these weapons get thrown at her and she just goes, wind! And then just it, like hits them out of the air. It's like, oh cool and that's yeah. it it was a pretty fun battle actually 10 10 gets absolutely demolished like completely shit on a little bit yeah uh then is shikamaru versus kin uh shikamaru ends up winning that battle and then comes naruto's first battle this is naruto versus kiba so in this battle we really get a lot of like naruto's inner monologue about how he's gonna like do his best and he's gonna win and at this point one of naruto's signature jutsus throughout the whole anime is shadow clone jutsu and this allows him basically to just make a perfect clone of himself or a couple and as it goes on this man makes just like hundreds of thousands of clones of himself yeah, pretty much. But he has his fight with uh, Kiba. It seems like he's losing because Kiba is super fast and he can smell Naruto. So he's just like beating the crap out of him. But then Naruto just barely outsmarts him and wins this battle. Next is Hinata versus Neji. Now, Jada, I want you to have the honor of talking about Hinata versus Neji. Again, both members of the Hyuga clan, both but Hinata is the princess and Neji is just a Hyuga and her cousin technically. So he doesn't hold as much power as Hinata technically does in the family. In the family, but man. <laughs> when I say, and it hurts me, it pains me in my heart, in my chest, in my whole core to say this. But Hinata gets it handed to her a little bit, a little bit on a plate, a little bit. Yeah. But this was pretty, it was a pretty intense battle because it is two members of the same clan, same jutsus, everything going against each other. And it's Hinata who is, it's kind of the first instance we see her kind of growing because she is going against Neji and all in her mind, she knows she's not worthy of the title that she has literally she was born into it and then was a princess and that's it but then she looks over at her cousin her friend neji and it's just he is 
100% above her in every way. And it is like the insecurity. It is her trying to fight through it, but also fight against Neji, who is confident in himself, but Loki feels like he should have been in Hinata's place. And it's this back and forth that we get. And we kind of see this again, Neji ends up winning this battle and Hinata is in her feelings, but this was a really cool battle, honestly. Yeah. And a lot of what you see is Neji's resentment towards Hinata Mm -hmm. because he wears his headband. All ninjas have a headband or a, a symbol of their village. So they have the leaf symbol and he wears his as a headband. And when he takes it off, he has this like green line swirl thing tattooed on his forehead. And it's basically a symbol of being lesser to the Huga. It is a showing that he is not a part of the strong family. He is just a person to them. Right. And so Neji puts all of that resentment onto Hinata. Hinata didn't do anything to Neji. If anything, Hinata loves and respects Neji. Yep. But because of all this family dynamic and how he was treated by them, he resents her for being someone who has privilege. And I think that's a very, like, human and very valid thing to have. It's just, like, hating this person whose life is already so much easier than yours. Honestly, yeah. And if you look over at Hanata, who like literally is in such a high position and is half the ninja that Neji is at this point, it's really like it's heart wrenching to see both of them. Hanata literally looking up to Neji and loving him so much, and Neji looking down at Hanata for only her status alone, you know, that he should have been, or he wanted to be in her position, but because, you know, the ties of fate, both of them are in a spot where they both don't think they deserve to be in. And then you got this battle, you know, like that's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's filled with emotion and longings and inner monologues of both of them going back and forth. But yeah, again, Neji wins this one. Yeah, and it becomes one of those things where I think Neji throughout it basically says, like, I don't have the choice to be weak, whereas you do. Like, Hinata doesn't have to be a ninja. Hinata doesn't have to be good at this because she already innately has, like, privileges and her status. Whereas Neji's like, I don't have a choice. I have to be a good ninja. I can't be weak. And I remember watching this battle and despite like the emotions of it all, you see Hinata finally like, she's not a confident person and she's like, doesn't want to fight and she's very hesitant. But then finally she's like, you know what? If you're going to fight me, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to give you that. And so she like, you know, bulks up and she's like, here we freaking go. And they're like going at each other and, they both use it's called the gentle fist technique and Mm -hmm. it's passed down by the hugas it's how they fight and it's this way of like 
hitting very fluidly, but then hitting chakra points in order to disable your opponent. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing like the same moves, just like hitting and hitting and hitting. And you're just like, oh my God. And Naruto from the rafters is just like screaming, like, get him, Hinata. Like, you've got this girl. And you're just like, yes, King. And then literally they have to call back up because Hinata has lost. Like Neji just like hits her right in the chest. She coughs up blood. Like she has lost. And Neji was four seconds away from killing her. Killing her. He was guys. fully about to be like, I'm going to stop your heart and kill you right here. And then the Jonin had to j- jump in and be like, stop him. And then she had to be wheeled away by the medics. And it's just like, damn, you won this battle. But dude, that was... Ooh, don't worry, Neji gets his redemption arc as well. But it was just like such a battle. Yeah, honestly, honestly. The next battle that happens is Gara versus Rock Lee. Now they really put like three emotional battles like right with each other. Back Naruto versus back. Kaiba, then Hinata versus Neji, then Gara versus Rock Lee. In this battle, Gara ends up winning and not only ends up winning, like, Rock Lee gives it his all, trying Everything. so hard. Mm-hmm. He takes off his leg weights to make him move faster. But Gara, in the end, we find out he basically puts a shield of sand around his own skin. So when you're hitting him, you're actually just hitting sand. And underneath it is the real him. It still it's looks like him. Yeah, like but it's, it's him. It's thin, it's thin enough to still like be him, but strong enough that you can't like get it in one hit. But yeah, and he ends up Gara at this point again being like the villain. Mm-hmm. He uses his sand and he does like sand coffin where he like wraps you in sand and then sand burial where he just like closes his hand in the sand just with mass amounts of compression just squeezes his opponent and he ends up like breaking Neji um, Rock Lee's leg and then like crushing his bones and luckily Rock Lee survives but this is like we're like damn. Gara is unforgivable. Like, he is willing to kill these people. Honestly. And we just got from Neji almost killing Hinata. And now here we are. Again. Almost killing Rock Lee. And not even that. Like, we just had six battles before all this. And everyone was like, yeah, I mean, I got like a few bumps and bruises. But that was a good fight. Literally. Aside from Sakura and Ino. Yeah, anyway, but <laughs> literally you got Hinata being rolled out and Rock Lee with his leg broken. What the heck? At that point, and this is halfway through the exams, like at that point, you feel how dangerous this can be, you know, especially if you're fighting against a ninja who doesn't have the right mind as you, you know, like mm-hmm. with Naruto and Kiba, it was really a beautiful, fair fight because even no one was going to kill the other. No one was going to like kill each other. Naruto was really trying to like win. show out and win and just be himself. 
Kiba was like the he was doing his his own thing and like being himself and being a strong ninja and then right after it's like I hope you're ready to die because that's what's gonna happen and you're like what like we're in a school and you're trying to kill people (laughs) you are a child yeah why you no but yeah that was another intense battle and we also saw like kind of a true side of Gara, you know like he got angry fighting rockley he mm-hmm. got he was you know impatient and annoyed and it was just like how is this guy getting through my protection and he literally got scary and you're like oh my gosh it runs deep his hatred literally runs deep and lee wasn't doing nothing he was just ready to fight that's it yeah luckily they give us a little bit of a break uh they give us chonji versus dosu where dosu ends up winning uh, and then we jump right back into it uh, and then naruto. That's it. <laughs> naruto versus neji uh naruto ends up winning this battle and throughout the whole battle he's basically like i'm doing this for hinata at this point he is uber mad at neji yeah honestly he is enraged by this because neji was just about to kill hinata like and naruto at this point he had he didn't really have a relationship with hinata but he liked her and she was like a fellow ninja and he respected her too because of when they were younger she was always really nice to him even though she was shy and couldn't really approach him but at this point he was just pissed at Neji to be so mad and so in his own head that he was going to kill a family member. That was crazy to Naruto. Naruto not having anyone and, you know, respecting Hinata as a ninja. It was just like, oh my gosh, he was mad and he was about to give it to Neji, honestly. Um, but the battle goes on again. Naruto wins. Neji he gets it he definitely gets it and naruto gets beat up you know it but it was again another battle of emotion of naruto being like what you did was not right and neji being like try and stop me like and also this dynamic of how can naruto see hinata who is like leagues above him um in family to like not hate her as much as Neji does you know like if anyone has any right to hate anyone it's Naruto because he can go off and he was exiled he was an outcast as a kid but he continues to fight for these people and fight for himself really um so I always thought that was really cool and I I had a feel for for both of them really because you know, we get Neji, we get where he was coming from, how he felt, all that stuff. Um, yeah. But it was a real intense battle filled with emotion and like them going back and forth. It truly like Naruto ended up winning this battle because he, Naruto just has this like je ne sais quoi, this like bit. thing mm-hmm. where he just is able to even the most what seems like unhuman people 
the people like people like Gara, people like Neji, who just are so full of hate. And we see that as being so unhuman that you would be willing to take another human's life, right? Yep. But he's just able to get to them. Just he's just one of the he's like just one of those people. And so really he like wins this battle just because he's able to just finally like break down Neji's psyche (laughs) in like a positive way right in a way that's like he starts regretting he starts feeling bad and all of these things yeah and like I said like if anyone got room to be mad and fill up hatred it is 100% Naruto he has every right to hate these people, to not fight, to become a rogue ninja, to do this and that. But he's not. And he decides to be different. And he decides to show that there's another way to deal with everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And at this point, again, Neji is kind of at the same point of Naruto where it's just they're they're lower and Hinata's up there and Neji's like why don't you feel the same and Naruto's like listen she's a cool girl no need to do the death on her all right that's it and then (laughs) Hinata sitting there like um, dying dying (laughs) and she's just like oh my god he likes me (laughs) I know she's like like, He said, I'm cool. And we're like, of course you are. Now heal up because you on your deathbed. (laughs) Yeah. So we get a small little reprieve of Tamari versus Shikamaru. Uh, In this battle, Shikamaru just ends up giving up. Uh, He puts up a really good fight. And then in my head, what I think happened is the tactician in him ran out of options he's like okay i'm at the point where i've done everything i can do to win and i'm not gonna get it so he just said like okay she wins and tamari ended up winning respect honestly because you know some people would say like oh here's another lady aspect of him but like people forget how smart shikamaru is like honestly he is such a smart kid and he saw he played all his cards and he still knew he would lose. Now, some people can argue that even if that was a chance, he should have kept on fighting. But if you're truly smart, then why would you keep on fighting for something when you know you're going to lose? It's like, I get it. Just that's it. Here you go. Great he, job. He knows like where to put his energy and he knows where his energy isn't going to lead to any good result so he's like i'm not gonna waste it and that's it and how plus he's like i just saw what fucking gara did the rock lee and you're from the same village as him so how do i know you're not gonna fucking wind slice my head off so he was like i give up she wins i'm good (laughs) please lady with the giant fan do not blow mommy i mean mommy i mean mommy honestly so we're like okay mad respect thank you for that little break um yes so now we're going to get into sasuke versus gara so sasuke has done a lot of training with kakashi and he's trying to learn a lot and because he is fueled by wanting to kill his brother gara is fueled by hatred in wanting to just kill everyone and be of benefit to his village. 
this tuning battle is technically unfinished. There was never a resolve to it. Mm-hmm. Because this battle ends up being the catalyst into one of our major conflicts here called Konoha Crush. So the Konoha Crush arc. Sasuke and Gara fight. It's a good battle. Really is. Uh, Sasuke uses Cheetadori, which is like lightning blade. So you gather chakra in your hand and it becomes lightning and then you can slice or stab people with it. They're going back and forth. And we figure out that the sand ninja there are actually planning an attack on the hidden leaf village because at this point a lot of the villages still have tension with each other because there's been tons of wars in the past between them it's very much so like the world we currently live in of like you know there's of course the god-awful stuff going on in like ukraine and then Mm -hmm. russia and then there's like america and then there's you know all these different places it's very much so like that there's some alliances and there's some tension but right now we understand that the sand doesn't necessarily like the leaf so gara is revealed as kind of being the hidden sand secret weapon because he is the jinjuriki so he has the one-tailed beast sealed inside of him whose name is shukaku and they invade the hidden leaf village and they basically had a ton of sand ninja on standby outside of the village and then with the with tamari and gara and Konkuro being inside they were like okay now's our time to strike right all that then the sand come down simultaneously during this Orochimaru attacks. So there, we don't have it on here. I know that a lot of people are probably going to be upset by that. Um, Haruzen is the Hokage. He fights with Orochimaru. Orochimaru was one of his students. Haruzen was the one who taught Tsunade, Jiraiya, and Orochimaru. We're not going to talk about that fight. It's a good battle. I encourage you to watch it. But the other battles we have to talk about are more prevalent to story progression. I will let you know, Orochimaru fights with him, uh, Haruzen ends up passing, and that is when then Tsunade takes over as Hokage. Right, yeah. So uh, Orochimaru invades, attacks, but also the sand. We're going to follow what the sand do, like I said, Haruzen ends up dying by the hands of Orochimaru. So, the sand invade, and then the leaves start fighting with the sand. All of that's happening. So you see, like, Kakashi and Gai start fighting the sand ninja that are there. And then Gara, Tamari, and Konkuro kind of run away. Because they have a plan to go somewhere else to activate a scroll which is gonna attack the leaf a lot of very complex stuff that just doesn't come to fruition so it's not really worth explaining Mm -hmm. so they leave but sasuke's like get your ass (laughs) back here now and catch my hand yeah he said the fuck richard and was (laughs) like i'm chasing this boy and who else loves to chase people? Naruto. <laughs> He's like, wait, Sasuke's running? 
So, Me too. Sasuke's running. I want to run too. Yeah. So Sasuke like chases after Gara and Tamari and Konkuro, and then Naruto is shortly following behind them as well. So they get into a big fight, and Naruto ends up beating Gara. Gara at this point gets like taken over a little bit by Shikaku because. When you're a Jinjuriki, you can call upon the power of the tailed beast inside you. Right. But when you do that, the more of the tailed beast you let go, the less you're in control. So he, like, is just losing control and battling. He, like, you know, throws Sasuke to the side and beats him. And then Naruto finally beats him. He's there. And throughout this whole battle... There's the narrative of them being, you know, opposites, them being polarizing characters to each other. Mm -hmm. Gara looks at Naruto and is like, you're a fucking dweeb. Like, (laughs) you're not that strong. You aren't going to beat me because you don't have hate in your heart like I do. And then Naruto's like, no, I am going to beat you because I'm fighting for people. I'm not just fighting. And so we get the cheesiness of Naruto beats him, which teaches Gara kind of the power of love and protecting your friends and family. And then that kind of ends that arc to it of it climaxed with this battle with Gara, who then gets beat. And later on, we see Gara's personality really change. But that doesn't happen till Shippuden, so you got to wait. <laughs> Yeah, Naruto has a nice way of like in mid battle while throwing hands, teaching you life lessons. And you know what? I think we can all learn from that. It's definitely one of those anime where you sometimes have to watch scenes twice because you want to watch what they're doing, but you also have to read the dialogue because they'll be having important conversation while fighting. It is not like Dragon Ball Z where they'll just stand there. Like, they'll be battling while the dialogue goes on, luckily. It's so easy in Dragon Ball because all you, like, you don't even got to really look up at the screen, just read the subtitles, and they're still standing there if you look back up. And then even while they're fighting, you might get a little bit like, oh, he's strong, and then silence. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Naruto has more depth and more dialogue. And we love that. Yes, it's a story anime first. But so that all happened. Gara was defeated. The Sand Ninja's attack on the village was deemed unsuccessful. Haruzen has passed. So at this point, they are technically without a Hokage. And then Tsunade becomes Hokage. The biggest conflict of all of this with Orochimaru. Okay. Freaking snake man coming into everyone's business. So Orochimaru really is seen as like the biggest villain in Naruto. Um, it changes as we get into Shippuden, but he still plays a prevalent role. So Orochimaru is interested in Sasuke because he possesses the Sharingan. At this point, Sasuke is able to kind of use his Sharingan. It's awakened. It's not very strong. He doesn't have a ton of the abilities with it yet, but Mm -hmm. he has it. Yeah. 
And because it's a Kenkai Genkai, there's no way for Orochimaru to get it without having Sasuke. Whether that's extracting his eye, which grossly does become a thing. People just extract eyes and put them in eat themselves. That's, um, that's just it. You want it, you just bloop, and then you put it in you, and then that's it. I will uh, put this little cliffhanger. Uh, Kakashi, the copycat ninja we actually get revealed, has a Sharingan, despite not being an Uchiha. Ooh, we'll I leave wonder that there. why. He leaves it covered with his headband, and then he you like never see his mouth, just one eye, and then he lifts up his headband, and he has a Sharingan. Who knows how he got it? I don't know. I haven't I told you yet. <laughs> I don't know either. I haven't heard yet. So, uh, Orochimaru being the mad scientist that he is, he wants to use Sasuke's body as a vessel for himself. So we kind of talked about how Orochimaru uses like corpses and people's bodies as vessels. In doing so, he's able to use their jutsus or just simply use them as protection. So like one of the things that Orochimaru is known for, his snakes, he'll do this thing where like, He'll like bend down and his body, like the jaw unhinges and then a snake comes out of his mouth and then another Orochimaru comes out of it who's like fully healed. And that's the the whole cycle of like, these aren't the real him kind of things, you know? The circle of life, you guys. Get used to it. The circle of life. It's Simba being held up, but it's just Orochimaru with a snake head. That's scary. Jade, I need you to draw this. Put it on the list. Absolutely not. That's that's a cursed drawing, and I'm pretty sure uh, we can never come back from that. So uh, Orochimaru having Sasuke's body would, of course, give him the ability to use the Sharingan which is seen as a very powerful thing. And because it's something that only the Uchihas can have, Orochimaru wants it. (laughs) I want it! So Sasuke joins Orochimaru. This is all under the idea that he would become stronger and be able to achieve his goal, which at this time is to kill his older brother Itachi. So that's how Orochimaru is great with his words. Great. gives you these promises of you're going to become stronger, I'm going to help you, and you'll be able to complete your goal. But he always has his motive first. Yep. So while with Orochimaru, Sasuke gets the cursed mark put on his body. What is the cursed mark? Thank you for asking, Jada. So this mark made by Orochimaru allows the user to boost their power and grow their power of the curse mark through repeated use. However, when the curse mark is first applied, there is a chance of rejection or a lack of compatibility. This is because the curse mark is made by Orochimaru, meaning he puts his own cells in it and then chakra in it as well. So it becomes the seal kind of on like the back of their neck slash shoulder. And it's like a like a swirl with three dots in it. So that's what the curse mark looks like. If someone is not compatible with this, they will die. Yep. So already we were risking it putting this curse mark on Sasuke. This curse mark is not solely 
of a helpful nature, though. Because like we said, he always has an ulterior motive. Yep. Orochimaru uses the curse mark to seal part of his consciousness in all of the recipients. Sasuke is not the first person to have a curse mark, and he will not be the last. So effectively, this makes Orochimaru unkillable. As someone can simply use the curse mark to bring Orochimaru back to the world of the living. So this is something that we see that happens later. But because Orochimaru seals a small bit of himself in all of these curse marks, if you release the curse mark, Orochimaru effectively comes back with it because he is a part of the curse mark. Yep. But also he puts his chakra in it so the user themselves is able to use it to gain power. So it makes it something that is desirable, but has consequences. Side effects are found with the curse mark as well. As the user activates the seal more and more, they have immense mental and physical pain because they are basically tapping into, yes, extra chakra that isn't their own, but also a part of Orochimaru. So Orochimaru is able to use this as a way of manipulation, but also encouraging them to use it more because it'll become stronger and you can unlock different levels of the curse mark. Orochimaru promises power and so many great things and gives them to Sasuke. It's like, you can be your brother with this. And Sasuke can't deny that. That's his only goal. He truly does not care about what happens to him after he beats his brother. Yes. But even if he knew all the consequences and that Orochimaru was going to use it to control him and eventually take his body and try all these things, Sasuke didn't care. He was like, give it to me. It'll make me stronger. I'm going to beat my brother. And then I don't give a fuck what you do. That's it. So all of this leads to the climax at the end of Naruto. The rescue mission. With this comes a few major battles. So, a bunch of ninja from the leaf go and they fight who are called the Sound Four. So the Sound Four are four ninjas that follow Orochimaru who all have curse marks. The reason this battle happens is because Naruto and all of his friends are trying to get Sasuke back to the leaf because at this point he has left and gone with Orochimaru. He's basically abandoned the village. Yeah. And they're like, you're my friend. I want you to come back. All of this stuff. So they go on a Sasuke rescue mission. As they're chasing him and trying to get to him, though, they run into the sound four. These are the subsequent battles that go on. So Chonji ends up fighting with Jirobo, uh, who is one of the sound four. Chonji ends up winning because he uses these things called chakra pills, which he basically consumes them and it gives him more chakra so he can fight. However, the side effect is they typically leave the user incapacitated. So that is what happens to Chonji. Neji fights with uh, Kitomaru. Uh, Neji wins using the eight trigrams technique of the Byakugan. It's actually a super good battle. Highly recommend. Love it. Kiba is there. He fights with um, Shikan and uh, Ukon. 
Um, so Shakan and Ukon end up winning this battle because Kaiba becomes incapacitated and has to retreat. Now you'll notice, Cole, there's two names there, Shakan and Ukon. That is because these two have an interesting technique of like cellular division and conjoining. It's gross. They're like two separate people, but they kind of share a consciousness and also confuse together to almost be conjoined twins. So That's next gross. is Shikamaru versus Taya Uya. This ends up being a standstill because Shikamaru ends up holding uh, Taya Uya in a shadow neck binding. So he basically has his shadow wrapped around her. And she uses a genjutsu as well, or as Jada calls it, a genjutsu. A genjutsu. <laughs> and she uses a flute that basically the noise of the flute is how she uses the genjutsu. So Shikamaru is just standing there holding her, but he's like, I can't hold her forever. And the second I let her go, she's going to kill me. This is when the savior is here. So. <laughs> You know how we talked about how, like, the sand ninja were bad and all of that because they attacked the leaf? Oh, yeah. At this point, the sand are kind of trying to redeem themselves. <laughs> we saw we. We didn't really mean to attack you guys and overthrow your village. Yeah, so the sand arrive at this point. The sand being, of course, Konkuro, Tamari, and Gara. So Konkuro ends up coming in and fighting... Um, Sakan and Ukon and Konkuro ends up winning with his cool freaking puppets. He does this thing where he traps one of them inside the puppet and then pulls the puppet arms apart and they become knives and then he sticks them into it and kills them. It's nice. And literally as this stuff is going on, like like um Kiba's watching this and he's just like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> like these guys are intense. Literally like injured, and he's like, sweet Jesus. Mm -hmm. Did you just like, and it's scary. And all you see is just a puddle of blood come from the puppet. And you're just uh -huh. like, sweet Jesus. And then he also does this cool thing. So Kiba is like, hey, don't let them touch you. Because if they touch you, like they mess with your cells. And then like, you'll become incapacitated like me. So they think they touch him. But actually, Conqueror hid himself in this like wrap on his back and was pretending to be a puppet when he really wasn't. And the him that they saw was his puppet. Boom, mind blown, such a smarty pants. And then Tamari shows up to save Shikamaru. And this battle is hilarious because literally it's just Tamari shows up. She's like, what's the fuck going on Shikamaru, you weak ass bitch. Shikamaru's like, careful, she uses a genjutsu with her flute. And Tamari's like, I ain't worried. She bites her finger, wipes some blood on her fan because you have to give some blood to do a summoning jutsu. And she just throws her fan and she summons this huge gust of wind with this cat that has a scythe and just cuts all these trees down. And then the girl is like hiding behind a tree and she's like, I will put my flute back together and play them a song. And then she just gets killed by the wind. It was a very quick battle. <laughs> it was hilarious because Tamari, Shikamaru was like, here's the plan. Here's what we should do. We should call for backup. And Tamari's like, shut the fuck up. Dead. 
literally what a woman i think at that moment he realized he was in love he at that moment like honestly the next battle that happens is naruto versus um kimimaro kimimaru i believe that's how you say kimimaru so kimimaru is one of the strongest if not the strongest member of the sound four uh he is from a village that uses a jutsu where they basically manipulate their own bones. So like, uh, he like shoots bone pieces and he can like rip bones out of his body that become swords. It's super cool. He is such an amazing character and you get his backstory of how he became a part of Orochimaru's group and all of that. Naruto starts with fighting Kimimaru, but he ends up fleeing because Rock Lee arrives. And Naruto is still trying to chase after Sasuke, who at this point was trying to run away. And so Rock Lee is like, okay, now I'm fighting Kimimaru. Rock Lee then gets saved again. (laughs) Again. Rock Lee does this fun thing where he accidentally gets drunk (laughs) and starts fighting Kimimaru is he drinks alcohol but also rock lee is still recovering from having his bones shattered by gara yep so he's not at his peak and he's trying to fight this guy but he's kimimaru is gifted in taijutsu and then has his bones to use and he can also use really good long distance so he is just he's gonna whoop rock lee's ass Sorry, but it's the truth. You're maybe asking, Tamari's here, Conqueror's here, where's Gara? Well, Gara shows up to save Rock Lee. What, what? And this is Gara's redemption arc starting, because he shows up to save the person he was about to kill. Just broke his leg the other day, and then now here he is saving his leg. It's so good, and I highly encourage watching this battle, because rock lee holds no vendetta against gara at all rock lee is a character who is just like so loving and open and even though this man literally like hurt him and tried to kill him he was just like thank you for saving me like all deaths are forgiven like i don't care gara does so many cool sand tricks against kimimaru and it all ends up with a climax of Gara basically has buried this man like hundreds of meters deep into the earth with sand. Yep. And they're like, oh my fucking God, he's dead, right? Kimimaru opens up his curse mark, which makes him even stronger. And he fills the battlefield with bones. Like the whole battle, because his bone technique is a Kenkai Genkai from his tribe. And he's so good at it fills the whole battlefield with bones and we're like oh my fucking god gara's sitting there floating on a little pool of sand with rock lee in the air and they're like it's fine we won all of that kimimaru appears out of one of those bones behind them so he can like transfer through these bones and you'll never see him and he has his spear and he's about to kill them but Kimimaru has a terminal illness at this point, and we see him cough up blood a couple of times. And right as he was about to kill them, he dies from his terminal illness. 
like mm-hmm. literally seconds away from killing them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> and his backstory is really sad. Honestly, again, we got the village and the village outcast. And then the village tries to use the outcast for their own gain. And then the outcast sees Orochimaru, wonders if this is a good plan for like two seconds, but then is like, you get me. Okay. It's like, it's like the worst case of daddy issues ever. (laughs) You have daddy issues, you're going to join Orochimaru. He speaks to it like no other, and you just feel heard and seen, and you allow this man to do whatever, and that includes put a cursed mark on your body. So are you saying Orochimaru is daddy? See, here's the thing. Why the snakes? Why does he keep on growing out of them? And why is he still here? He should have died 12 times, at least. I mean, he technically, not going to get into it. (laughs) We'll get into that later. So, the final battle that happens is Naruto versus Sasuke. (sighs) This battle is one where we have seen it a little bit. Naruto is calling upon the power of the nine-tailed fox. So during this battle, Sasuke awakens the Mangeko Sharingan, which Mm -hmm. is a step up from his normal Sharingan. So this allows him to be stronger and it gives him new abilities. So similar to Naruto, he uses his power, the Nine-Tailed Fox. So he manifests this orange chakra around him and he has these whiskers like always on his face and they like grow and he gets claws and he grows like this like outer shell that has two tails and they're fighting they're going like you know naruto's kind of lost control at this point because he's not used to that chakra and so he's just rampaging sasuke's using his curse mark which when he does that, his hair grows really long and white and his skin becomes like, it's like a gray brown color, right? Yeah, it's like, it looks ashen. Like yeah, It's like a neutral brown. Like there's yeah. no warmth in it. No, it's it's all cold and kind of like, it's it's like all like the blood just left him. And now he's just like this weird, just gray great version of himself and it it shows you like how far he's gone you know it completely changes Mm -hmm. him he gets these wings that look like hands and he uses them to fly he still has his sharingan and when he unleashes the curse mark he gets these like black looking flames across half his body right And as those grow more and more over, it shows the progression of the curse mark and, you know, more of Orochimaru kind of entering his psyche. Right. So once this battle is over, which it ends with technically Sasuke's victory, but he chooses to leave Naruto laying there unconscious because he does not see Naruto as a threat to himself. Yeah. And... Every freaking battle Naruto and Sasuke have, 
it ends with this moment of like Sasuke charging up a cheetah Dory and charging at him and then Naruto charging at him too and then they have this big clash and then one of them ends up winning and in this case it's Sasuke you also miss that they're both screaming each other's names as they run towards each other Sasuke (laughs) yes they are that is a very important detail um so he leaves him there once that's all over, uh, Naruto is taken back to the leaf by Kakashi, who at this point shows up because finally an adult realizes that these kids are missing. <laughs> a little bit, just like, hey, wait, where are my kids again? Oh, crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it is shown at this point that Naruto is leaving to go train with Jiraiya. Uh, Jiraiya is going to teach him how to do nature um, chakra and all of that fun stuff. And then Sakura actually starts training under Tsunade. Uh, During this time in Naruto, there's also a really fun fight between Orochimaru, Tsunade, uh, Kabuto, and Naruto. And basically, like, Tsunade almost dies and naruto saves her and it's it it's the start of i think tsunade and naruto's bond i encourage you to watch that battle it's really good you get to see orochimaru really get his hands dirty and all of that and then lastly of course sasuke is seen entering orochimaru's lair so we kind of have our three characters and we see that they're going to train Sasuke is becoming Orochimaru, Naruto is becoming Jiraiya, Sakura is becoming Tsunade. Interesting, right? That we just established the three Sanin and we got our three main characters going to train with the three Sanin. It's almost as if history will repeat itself. Oh my goodness, look at that. But yeah, um, Naruto, so is Naruto pre-Shippuden. Listen, this was filled to the brim with kid emotion. I mean, like, these kids have gone through the ringer mm-hmm. with, like, family trauma, being um, not confident in themselves, being too confident in themselves, people dying, not having a dad, not having a mom, not having family in general wanting to be the best chilling with yourself you know it's like this established the characters that we know and love today and it's only getting crazier from here yeah and we we had to condense it down of course uh we're doing the same for shippuden that one is going to be three parts for you guys so shippuden we're breaking into six main conflicts So the first episode will be establishing any new characters that show up, which there's a lot, and then going through each arc that happens. And we're only going to give you the characters as they appear in the arc, because some of the characters don't appear till a lot later and Mm -hmm. all of that confusion. So yeah, we're going to get back into it next week, diving headfirst into Naruto Shippuden. Let us know in the comments if there is a battle that we 
missed that you guys really wanted to hear about so that anyone who watches it can look at those battles as well. And we, of course, encourage you to watch all of Naruto. This was a very like shotgun style, like here are the characters, here's some conflicts that happened, and here's how it ends. Uh, so, of course, watch it. It's long. It's a lot. I know, but it's worth it. It's, it's one of our it. favorites. If you love us, then please watch Naruto. I went there, okay? <laughs> if you love Cole, watch Naruto. I'm okay if you don't. We're oh my cool. god, Jam, making <laughs> me the villain, as you always do. But no, Naruto's a great anime. Tune in next week for the start of Naruto Shippuden, and then keep tuning in the next following weeks to get all of Naruto. Again, of course, leave us a rating and leave a comment down below if you enjoyed the episode. Join our Discord server. Follow us on Instagram, all of which will be linked in the bio of this episode. And Jada, how are you feeling? It's the start of our first series. I think we did a great job. And I'm excited this to share it with you guys. the start of something new. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll see you guys next week.